What is struggling? No catch? Catch. <laughs> Let me know when you finish. You don't even want to go out and play football. You just disappear at the spa. Shout out to Rondé Barber making Hall of Fame. I don't personally like or dis... Let me rewind that. Cut to it. Cut to it. Let's get down to it. Cut to it. Cut to it. Cut to it. Let's get down to it. Welcome back. Another piping hot edition of Cut to It. Week one of preseason officially in the books. We're here to break down what we got to see from the underwear Olympic freak that is Anthony Richardson and all the other young promising quarterbacks who a lot of them look pretty good in my opinion, uh, as including Can- uh, Carolina Panthers rookie Bryce Young who just made his debut 89 was on the broadcast, on the call for that game against the Jets. What did you see? Let's jump right into it. Well, it was a, it was really interesting. Uh, I, let me I restart. It was, it, was a, it was a tough broadcast. It was a tough broadcast because 27, a donut, a fat zero. You could tell the vanilla, there was zero adjustments, there was no shifting, no motion, and it didn't go well. Coley, I have a question for you that I need you to answer, because if I look at the headlines of everything, even watch some games and other folks were talking about it, what is struggling? Because when I've read some articles, read the headlines, Bryce Young struggles, C.J. Strout struggles. Then there were some other quarterbacks, you know who that I won't name, played well, right? I'm trying to determine what are you, what is the, I don't get the narrative. Maybe it's the clickbait, but I, I don't get I don't understand what's considered struggling, successful, or is it like some unrealistic expectation that these guys have to live up to? Because so what what is Coley? What do you say? What what, what do you believe struggling is? And I'm going to look up the definition because sometimes (laughs) we get we get caught up on using words that may not always apply. Struggling to me would be quarterback who only ever played shotgun in college. They make him go under center. He fumbles yes. those snaps every single time. He's lining up under the left guard. He's not even in the right position. That would be struggling oh, no, yeah. to me. That's you that's know? embarrassingly struggling. <laughs> For sure. But I mean, I've seen I've seen Mark Sanchez do that in Thanksgiving games. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I've seen I've seen players do it. So that's where it's like I don't know, a guy throwing some incompletions and like you were saying, very base sets, no motion against base defenses. That's not really struggling to me. And that's where I almost turn the question back to you. What should people be looking at as valid in preseason games? Because these aren't real games, quote unquote. So I look, I looked it up and they, they have, you know, several definitions struggling. And so the fourth one of, Athletes and competitors to be coping with the inability to perform well or to win content 
with difficulty. I'm going to go down this, our list of guys. Bryce Young, he was four for six, 21 yards. He's currently right now the 25th quarterback under underdog. Obviously the number one overall pick. Did Bryce Young struggle? I don't necessarily believe Matt, uh, Bryce Young struggled. I would say, I would say, doing the broadcast, watching the full game, <laughs> every single snap in HD, I thought Bryce did okay based on the circumstances. Here's what the circumstances. Here's the menu that Bryce was given. Vanilla offense. No motion, no shift, no exotic plays, no play action, nothing, no RPO. It was just line up under center. New York Jets, they came out with a lot of intensity, especially from what I've heard of the first practice. Thursday's practice was was a bad weather, increment weather, so they were not allowed to practice. It was lightning, uh, rain, fields were uh, wet. And so teams just did their own practice separately, which was a kind of walkthrough. And I heard the Jets spoke to their coaching staff, and they were a little disappointed because they came out flat with the expectation of the New York Jets. It's the Kansas City Chiefs, Cincinnati Bengals, New York Jets, I think the Baltimore Ravens, where these teams, there is a level of expectation that is playing, having a successful 10-digit season in the win category, vying for home field or first or second in, in, in the a- AFC, and looking to be one of those two teams in the AFC championship games. That's what I put the New York Jets in that category of expectations from their fan base, from the general manager, from their salary cap, for how much money they have available currently right now. They have put all of their money into we are going to make give us the best possible way to push for the playoffs. Is that a fair? Is that fair? Am I uh, off base? I, am I, am I like it, 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 am I dramatic? What, it, it, tell me if that's right. No, I think you're underselling it. I think the Jets specifically have a very Super Bowl or bust mentality. Oh, Buffalo Bills, sorry. Yes, of also course, the, the Buffalo Bills, Bills as well. Yes. Yep. Uh, Patriots, people are saying. Uh, the, <laughs> but the Jets, I think they've got the Lombardi on their mind. That should be the if it's yes. just the playoffs, if it's just the AFC Championship game, they're going to lose well before that. That's how it works. Like you can't set your expectations to be three weeks yeah. before the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I just mean like you. Their expectations is is deep. It's not, hey, let's, hey, if we can get out of here, if we can get out this fight, you know, hanging for one or two rounds, that's a win, right? That's yeah. that's not their that's not their it's not their mindset. No, they're not there to have fun. They're not. This okay. Is camp. They're not getting participation <laughs> trophies. No. They're not there to. Uh, let's see what we got. Let's give it. Let's give it a run, guys. <laughs> and so what I. And with all of that said, man, they came out, first play of the game, Bryce Young's on the quarterback. They run a TE stunt. Offensive line for the Carolina Panthers. Their words, not mine. 
they, they thought they should have came out matching the intensity. Wasn't the outing that they expected. Four of six for Bryce Young, and people said he struggled. First of all, we heard all about his height and his, mm-hmm. his lack of size. My man, for, for the six or seven, for four of six that he was, he got hit every time he dropped back at those four of six. Got up. He didn't get up wobbly looking like he was, you know, didn't learn how to fall, you right. know, that he's never been hit. He didn't look like Bambi, fresh out of the womb, and a uh, guy with a great accent that I don't have is whispering. <laughs> look, look at Bryce Young as he gallops through the forest, right? He, he didn't look that way. There was times where he was under duress. I don't. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be here. I'm gonna get called a homer. I did. I watched the game. Did the game, and I did not walk out of there going, "Oh my gosh, the Carolina Panthers are in trouble." Bryce Young, that was a waste of pick. He struggled. I don't know. We really don't know if he had to play the full game. 60-something snap, 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 snacks, snaps, 60-something snaps that Bryce Young would have went out there and, and had a 64% passer rating. I don't think Bryce Young, I don't think C.J. Sh- Stroud, two or four for 13 yards, yes, he had a pick. I don't think he struggled. I think they did exactly what you expect a rookie to do in 12 plays. You walk away and you say they got some things to work on. Obviously, the front line, they have to do, they got to give me a little bit better than this vanilla offense that they had. That, that, ain't, that ain't cutting it. I think, I believe that it was more of a disservice to Bryce and the offense more than anything. It allowed the the national media, local media, to throw rocks at, at, at the at the Bryce Young debut, C.J. Stroud. Well, it's a no-win scenario for these guys because if they play super well by regular season standards, if they go out there, they complete every pass, they throw touchdowns, it's like, well, it's preseason. They're not playing their hardest on the other yeah. side. And then when they do poorly, it's like, I don't know about this guy. Should he even should he even ever looked at a football in his life is, <laughs> is how they write it. So that's where it's yeah. like, so what, that's why it's like as, as a player and, and, as someone who's talked to a lot of coaches, what are they hoping to gain other than just like getting out of there healthy? Because that to me as a fan, it's like, are, are our players healthy? They are. It was a very successful game. I do not care about the scoreboard. I don't care about the stats. Some of them could be interesting for sure, but did we leave this game healthy? Are we one week uh, closer to the regular season with our roster intact? That's the most important thing to me as a fan. Gift and a curse. The gift that you have a, a, a talented young rookie that you're super excited about to display his a, a, athletic ability, his ability to throw the football. And then the curse is if he doesn't have a good line, if they can't play, if the game plan that the defense, the opposing team has is slightly better, they've o- overpowered your offensive line, then yeah, it could look bad. CJ Stroud and Bryce Young, those two guys, first off, I don't believe they struggle. I also don't believe they had success. 
You know what they look like? They look like two rookies trying to figure it out that had some information data for us to look at and say, here's some things they need to work on. Here's some things that I'm not really sure. Let me go ask Bryce as a coaching staff, what was he thinking? What did he see that led to him not to or to to do that? And then you go, man, we just, we need more, we need more, co- more we need him more on tape to coach him up. But what I do believe, there's some people that struggle and we'll get to, but I have to throw these names out. Matt Corral struggled and Trey Lance struggled. Now people, you know, fan bases for each team going to, when I say anything, they're all, oh, Steve doesn't know what he's talking about. He's mad. He's hating. He's throwing shade. And I'm, I'm going to go in detail what I mean by struggling versus we still don't know. C.J. Stroud went out there and made some rookie mistakes. He threw some decent passes. Now, it wasn't his fault. He was under duress that he had to slide and move in a pocket. Literally, what, five-step drop? Two and a half ste- two and a half steps into his drop. Man, the guy had pressure. Mm-hmm. And because of that pressure, it made him hesitate. It made him late. Also... Your Green Bay Packers, the Green Goblin, Jalen Mills makes a great interception against CJ, which that's just route recognition. That's just a vet anticipating and a young rookie who is learning. Yes, in practice, that play was open. In practice, they servicing the, the offense, the defense rotation, that's where, well, in practice, that guy did did this. It, on, the, on the play sheet, that nickel or safety, he decided he wasn't going to stem. He wasn't going to come down and, and look at the splits and allow to indicate his, uh, his alignment, lead him to believe that the pass is going to the right about 10, 12 yards in the middle of the field. They didn't do that in practice. Now, in the game, they do some things that they're that you're not expecting them to do. They read their indicators. They look and see and says, hey, I know the quarterback is mess- making his eyes go left so I can go left. But he says, no, I know this play. I've, see- I've seen this offense before. I don't know who-, who runs this? Man, I think the 49ers <laughs> run this, I guess. Maybe the man, Los Angeles Rams run this. Bang, pick. He's a pick because he was late because of the rush, because of the savviness of the de- defender, equal to an interception. He made a rookie mistake. He made a, hey, on Saturday at Ohio State with the athletes that I have, potentially the first overall pick, a la I like Harrison Jr. Mm-hmm. He would have caught that. Possibly. If the defender doesn't read the indicators, it makes a good play. Is is it enough just for these guys to get it? If I'm a fan of the Texans or the Panthers, am I just happy my guys got a taste of actual 
game action, not a not a practice against another team, not a practice against your own team, not seven on seven. They put on the uniform, they put on the helmets, they went in between the, the white lines, and they played against another team that didn't know what plays were coming ahead of time. Is that good enough just for them to be able to take that breath and say, I'm here now, now? we can... It's like walking up a ladder. You're taking steps, steps yeah. to your career. I think it's steps. Really not sure what we can come out of watching these two guys thus far based on it. Because it's not, it's still not enough data to really sure. data to really know, you know how these guys will be. I, I the thing that if you want to talk about Bryce Young and, and CJ, what I'm more concerned about is I, I need a little bit faster timing out of both of these guys. I think guys were so I, I think CJ more than anything was so under duress so quickly that he was just trying to not make a bad play worse. And I do like that, though. Because we have seen – you're going to see some sloppy football now, especially in the third and fourth quarter. (laughs) And there are some players under duress or pressure. Man, they do some things that just make you want to pull your hair out. You go, man, has he ever played football? That's what we did not see out of these young quarterbacks. Didn't see it out of Anthony Richardson. Did not see it out of C.J. Stroud. And we didn't see it out of Bryce Young. And let's be honest, through all these three guys, all three of their teams, they were under rest soon as they said hut. What I did <laughs> like, all three of them were under center almost – what, 90% more than they ever have been right. in, in, in their collegiate career, which Anthony Richardson and Bryce Young, just the one time they were on the center, it's like, wow, that's a miracle, right? Because you've seen them <laughs> in shotgun formation so much. Is that part of college football a disservice or is it a little overrated? It, over a long period of time, it lets you know, right? You remember, uh, who is the guy from TCU that said that, Duggan? Bryce Petty? Bryce Petty? Oh, uh, from uh, Baylor? Yeah, from Baylor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Is it Bryce Petty? Yeah. Oh, wow. You remember he was coming out and said, man, this going to the NFL was strange to me (laughs) because I'm in a huddle for the very first time. That's a problem because being in a huddle is fundamental. That's like you getting your driver's license but saying, hey, I was asked to start the car for the very first time. It's essential. What do you mean? The performance that I was, out of all the three guys that I was most impressed with, is Anthony Richardson. Because he, I believe he had the most, that you could say, impressive. He had some throws. He was under center. He used his legs. He made some good decisions. They, they actually had a game plan. You can see they had a full game plan to display. Like, he scrambled, dipped his shoulder. They had some screens, uh, some, some play action, him on the run, throwing it. Michael Pittman drops a touchdown. Great defense by the uh, Buffalo Bills by the, by the corner. Can't remember his name at the moment. The corner knocked the ball out. Great ball placement. They had some 
long throws where he could display that uh, cannon that he has, but they also had some underneath intermediate throws. One that was a little inaccurate, a little bit high over Mike, uh, Michael Pittman over the middle, but he was going through his progressions. And the thing that I, I walked away with on, on, on his 12 or 16 plays that I think it was easier to say, hey, I'm impressed, the flick of the wrist, the way he threw the football, effortlessly. They did a great job of really having a game plan where he was able to display his athleticism, his throwing, but also put him in a position where he had to go through his progressions as well. I thought Shane Steichen and company did a really good job. And out of the three, I think Anthony Richardson was more impressive based on his body of work and his lack of experience in the collegiate level. Do you think the Colts had a more complex preseason week one game plan because it's the rookie quarterback and rookie head coach, whereas Reich's been through all this before? He he doesn't have the pressure of, I need to install all this offense, or it's, am I reading too much into that? Well, Frank Wright and the Carolina Panthers made it very clear that they were going to do vanilla. Mm-hmm. They were going to go out there. They weren't going to show anything. I believe they're doing that because they want to make sure that when the people figure out what they're doing, the game, the season has already started, and you're gonna, it's going to take you a little bit of time so we can possibly sneak up, steal some wins on some people because what game plan are you going to watch? Are you going to watch Sean McVay with the Rams? Or are you going to show uh, watch Frank Wright when he's with the with the Colts? Which one? Who's calling it? Who's calling the offense? Who is it? The first half that's Frank's offense, or is the first half uh, Thomas Brown's offense? Rams, Colts, Colts, Rams. It's a combination. So I understand it, but I believe the overthinking did a disservice. Now, the blocking didn't help and, and has led to a huge narrative that it's a bigger issue is Bryce Young didn't struggle. The whole Carolina Panthers offense struggled, and I believe that's the true story in itself. Now, you said someone else uh, caught your eye as someone who struggled, and that's third-year quarterback right now, Trey Lance. And mm. I even saw – some of our other 49er faithful saying, man, that this stat sheet and what I saw with my own two eyes do not add up because. Oh, the stats- bro. Hey, that's that. F- <laughs> hey, that's that fuzzy math. That's that. That's that Enron. Uh, Bernie made Bernie off. Yeah, <laughs> bro. That's that's play. That's playing with numbers right there because he was out there. First of all, the 49ers did not have their starting offensive line. I watched this game twice, one on NFL Network the first time it was playing, and then I recorded it and I watched it again because I was doing something. I had him in the backdrop just listening, and I had to go back like, "Is and it's a lot of, it's a lot of color in the backfield, <laughs> right? We talk about the Las Vegas Raiders, bro. They were on them, but Trey Lance." Let's be honest. He threw two picks. It ain't on the stat sheet, but he threw two interceptions. 
Now, Trey Lance and Matt Corral, I got to put them in a struggle because they had a, obviously they had more plays, but it wasn't the more plays that led me, leads me to believe that they struggled. And I'm, I'm not being unfair. It's how we play. It's the, his, he was just a step or seconds behind what he had to do. Matt Corral was pumping. They've, uh, Trey Lance was pumping and just was not processing and adapting. Mm, pot, lack of pocket awareness. Right? You, you, all the things that mechanics, accuracy, pocket awareness, processing, game speed, all minuses for those two guys. Now, Corral came into last year injured, right? Was he injured yes. all year? I can't like I don't remember his. Yes, whole... he was. He was injured. He was injured all year. He came in, and that's the thing: lack of playing in a game. Right. But here's the problem: Macarral is also not gonna play. He's not. He does not have a legitimate shot to push for the starting position. So all you have right now is to play really well to be trade bait or to show your team that, Hey, I was picked in the third round and I deserve a spot on this roster that I can potentially fill in. If anything ever happens based off that performance right now, if Bryce Young is not playing next week, you can't go in there and go, hey, I feel good letting Matt Corral drop back for 40 or 50 passes and think that he's going to do okay. I believe Matt Corral goes in there right now and you go, we got to run this football. We got to stop the rush and get this defense on his toes because if they get any kind of pressure, that's going to slow our offense down because Corral is going to be a little bit hesitant. That's what I saw. If if the issue is lack of reps, does does handing the ball off help that? No. Okay. <laughs> Here's what it helps. It helps you not get exposed. It helps you control the clock. It helps you minimize and slow down the rush. It helps you get the, get the guy, get the defense on his toes. No, it doesn't do it, but sometimes it's not about how you do it. You just got to limp your way in. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. And with Lance, was there anything that you saw that said, okay, there's something here. His, at, I mean, he's the biggest. I mean, he hasn't had playing time his whole life. He started football late. COVID yeah. knocked out an entire year of college for him. Rookie year, he doesn't plays behind Jimmy. They have him running some some packages sometimes. And then yeah. last year, he plays in a monsoon and then gets hurt game two, first quarter. Yeah. Hey, coming off of an injury, he's ready for camp, obviously. This is his first – this is like, what, the 30th game he's played in his life, this this yeah. action? And so is did, was there one anything is, that – One that's unfair to him. That's extremely unfair. Sure. Yeah, I'm not saying – definitely. But – is there anything you see where it's like, okay, I can see with more reps something could come of this, or is it just like, 
I don't, I don't see it for him. Something can come of this. What it does not do is say something can come of this. Well, I'll rather play him over Brock Purdy. I'd rather sure. play him over Sam Darnold. And it hurts. I'd rather play him. I, well, actually, I would rather I would play him over Sam Darnold. So okay. I, I <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, it, does it hurt a little? Sorry. It doesn't hurt a little that San Francisco, much like the Jets, they have Super Bowl aspirations today. They're not. Hey, we're a young roster on the rise. Like, no, we're trying to win. We're in the NFC Championship. We're in the NFC Championship every other year for the last twelve years. We're kind of accustomed to this. We don't have time to be one of these bottom of the league teams. We don't have a Trevor Lawrence. We can take a year or two. We're not Anthony Richardson. We can't see what happens. You can't learn on the job. We need to be ready to go right now. Their second team offensive line needs some work. They don't have depth at the offensive line. That was apparent. Mm-hmm. Sacked. They were Trey Lance was under duress before. Actually, he was under duress after the national anthem. That that's how bad it was. <laughs> it was like zoom. Oh, <laughs> the bombs bursting in air were helmets going yes. against his chest. Yeah, that was what the what I saw from Trey Lance, man, when he gets outside the pocket, whew, wow, you know, he got, got a little creative, got saucy. Sitting through the pocket. The touchdown pass that he threw is because the DB, man, there were more hands. I saw better hands on a clock than on that defender. The, def- the ball hit him, pop that, and fell into the, fell into the quarterback, into the tight end's hands, touchdown. Trey Lance get credit for that touchdown. It's better to be lucky. No doubt. Then a safety who has gained weight that they asked to gain weight is playing linebacker, dropped another interception. Two, inter- two interceptions that were dropped. Slow processing. I'm more concerned about Trey Lance and Matt Corral under processing and lack of pocket awareness. Also, making decisions under duress. The thing with quarterbacks that you're seeing the sloppiness later in the season is how do these quarterbacks handle under duress? Not very good. And is that something that can be approved upon with more action? Or is ha- that- you, well, you see the way those linemen are, are blocking? It's not going to get better, so you just <laughs> need to buckle up, buttercup, yeah. and realize – It's going to be a rough one. What other young quarterbacks from across the league did you see this weekend that really uh, stood out to you, either in a positive or negative way? Positive. Clayton Toon from Houston, playing with the Arizona uh, Arizona Cardinals. Pretty impressive. Uh, Arizona Cardinals uh, offensive line didn't look well either. And Denver Broncos defense was really good, applied a lot of pressure. He made some good decisions. Michael Wilson, Stanford, he looked really good. Mm-hmm. I was pretty impressed with that game. Now, what I also was in, was, was in, was in awe of, see, these are two pages of Denver Broncos. They still have an active pass rush, so I was pretty impressed with that. 
Um, Arizona, I, I will love to see when Kyler Murray comes back because Arizona, they're going to run the football. They're going to run 12 personnel, two tight ends, two wide receivers, one running back. They're going to run the football. Old school. They're going to have less shotgun than you ever have seen out of the Arizona Cardinals under center with Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray has never been in the under center as much as he's going to be this year in comparison to what he did in college and with Arizona under Cliff Kingsbury. Is that a good thing? Is that <laughs> I, I'm just making a statement. Sure. He's a yeah, shorter yeah, yeah. guy, right? But he does also what I was told. He knows how to look. He knows how to see through the passing windows. Yeah. So it's not going to be a problem. Is is this is what's the world where this isn't Kyler Murray's last year in Arizona? Because they right now this world. <laughs> Right now they have the odds for the they have the best odds for the first and second overall pick next year. Caleb Williams is seen to be a slam dunk pick at number one. And obviously Drake May, there's other play, people involved in that, but right now it's Caleb Williams. So what mm. did you trade him? Like this is this is like a, a more hyperized version of what the Bears just went through. I, I think I think that you I think you hold on. First of all, I don't know if they're gonna sit there and try to be terrible. The head coach, a new head coach who's just I don't know that from, it's their call. I don't <laughs> I know, but the new head coach that comes from the Super Bowl, I don't think he's sitting there going, Hey, uh, we're gonna go out here and try to lose every football game. Sure. I believe he wants to come out there and, and win because his his reputation, his coach's uh livelihood is is on the line. You already have Kyler Murray under this contract, and it's a it's a huge contract. With that big that big enough contract, I don't now I don't know. A lot of things could change between today we're recording and the end of the season. Right? I don't know if you know this. How many days are left in a in the year? Do you know? Uh, where are we? August. 132 139 days until Ooh. the end of the year I was close I was a week off close. That's, was a, week. that's impressive <laughs> but think about in 139 days how many football games are going to be played how many trades are going to happen how many trades are not going to happen and how many conversations will happen that are going to blow our minds and blow our socks off because it starts all over again depending on the team and who's available and how they play in these 138 days remaining because this day is damn near over (laughs) because it already started. So I don't know, but here's what I do think and believe based off information that I have. You can't move that much money. You can't move that much weight during the day. You got to do some stuff behind the scenes than that <laughs> night when everybody's sleeping. And I'm not sure that they, that's too much weight, bro. I, I would and use- yes, I'm talking about what people are thinking and I'm thinking <laughs> of it. I'm saying it in that capacity because you can't move $200 million 
without raising a few red flags and people going, hey, we've never seen that car before. <laughs> Bro, you can't move Kyler Murray in that contract and draft a first overall pick, USC Caleb Williams. Because you also have to have someone who, when they trade for you, have to have the type of offense and offensive coordinator that you, everybody see eyes to eye. Well, let's transition. What, what teams, what teams do you think, if Kyler Murray's on a trading block today or in a couple of months? Oh, and this is very much in, in the offseason thing. I don't think he's getting traded midseason. I, no, to... I know, but even in offseason, what teams? Well, Talk to me. let me transition. Yeah. Let's transition because then we can also stay on topic with this because I think it works well. There was a quarterback who took all the headlines from C.J. Stroud's debut. It was Malik Cunningham. He came in at the end of the game. He was running around. He was throwing yeah. a little bit. He actually he had the reverse of a Trey Lance. He threw a touchdown that bounced off the receiver's hands, uh, and he went undrafted because of his lack of accuracy. Now, if I were to look at the Patriots, I would say their quarterback uh, room right now at best is mediocre. Like if everything goes well, it's mediocre, but Bob, I know Bob Kraft has been publicly not thrilled with how the, the quarterback situation has been since Brady left. If there were ever going to be a team, the Patriots were in heavy talks with Kingsbury before he went to Tahiti or wherever he's been uh, for the last six months. I don't think it's crazy to assume that they would, instead of trying again with a young quarterback, would try and hit an acceleration button and take on Kyler Murray. I don't think that's that insane. If things go poorly this year, if if they make the playoffs, I think this comes off the table. But if things go poorly, which based on their strength of schedule, their own division being as good as it is, and their quarterback play not being that tremendous, I don't think is that crazy. So here's, here's the only question I have, but everything you said, does that mean Bill O'Brien is still your offensive coordinator? I think so. I don't think that... That would be. Okay. Do you think he would work or no? You'd know better than I. Would. I don't. I'm. I'm just. Just throwing it out there. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't. If things go poorly this season, which they probably Looks will, like I don't know that that's Bill O'Brien's fault. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Okay. That it's Bill Belichick's fault. I don't know that. Okay. It's any of their faults. It is what it is. Okay. All right. Um. Cunningham is an interesting – Cunningham, it was cool to watch him. Yeah. Now, the question is, he played quarterback, but I heard he was playing wide receivers. Mm. They had him lined up everywhere but quarterback. Now he comes out there and play quarterback. Is he a guy that all of a is, – is Cunningham the new zappy or zippy? <laughs> Is is he the guy where is he the attractive backup that we want him because the other guy is he, we don't like the way he looks we don't like his outfit. I mean the the biggest problem was Zappy to me and it was something I said a lot last season. He's he and Mac Jones are the same player like to the T. The arm strength not not their their strong suit their accuracy guys. And my biggest point last year with wanting to go with Zappy over Mac is he was playing more confidently. He wasn't injured like Mac was. So it was like ride the confident, non-injured guy, especially if, okay. if they're the same player. What Malik gives you um, 
is something completely different. He can run around. He's got a stronger arm, obviously less accurate, but stronger. And I don't know. I like I'm I think accuracy to a point to a point is a bit overrated. Whereas Mm. if you're talking if you're talking five percentage points, like if someone throws sixty five percent versus sixty, that's five throws over a hundred that you're completing versus incomplete. Like that's not Uh, enough. That's thirty yards. That's not enough for me to be like, yes, this guy can't play. Here's your problem with accuracy. Accuracy Inaccurate and when you're inaccurate, it rears his ugly head at the wrong time. Definitely can. Inaccuracy is like children when they get sick. They never get sick when you need them to. Like <laughs> 10 a.m., noon, 1 at 1.15, in the afternoon. No, they get sick and throw up at 1 a.m., 2.35 a.m., 4.15, it's usually at the most inconvenience moment that it possibly can be. That's the problem with inaccurate quarterbacks that make that people get scared of. It's on third and five, and he's rolling to his right, and he has a wide open guy, but he's inaccurate. So now the receiver who's open now has to catch the ball, jumping nine feet, catching it at his highest point, keeping his size 15s right down inside. That's the problem with inaccuracy. And normally, normally, not all the time, but normally. Guys who are inaccurate in college rarely get to the NFL and become marksmen. Sure, yeah, no. I, like they, a... no they never it's, – it's pretty much – somebody may find it. Please do. Leave it in the comments. <laughs> An, a very inaccurate quarterback in college becomes a marksman in the NFL. I don't remember – no, I don't think it's who happening. it is, but no, no name comes to mind that you go, man, you know, that dude couldn't hit the broad side of a barn <laughs> in college, but he got to the league. Yeah, that boy was throwing darts. Ding, 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 ding. There was him and Billy the Kid. That's how good of a shot he was. It, I, I haven't seen it yet. I guess the, the only person who comes to mind, and it's not even a great example, Dan Marino's, Dan Marino's last year at Pitt. He was terrible to the point where, like, the cops opened an investigation to see if he was on uh, that booger sugar. Uh, (laughs) That's how poorly he played his last season at Pitt and then went on to shatter records immediately in the NFL. But that also ignores his junior year where he was cooking. So that's where it's like we, we we had tape on him being really good. His last year was an aberration, and then he was really good again. Uh but I, I don't even think I have to leave Malik Cunningham's alma mater to be like, yeah, I've seen this work in the NFL. I've seen it be MVP level. Do I think Malik Cunningham could win an MVP? No, I do not. But Lamar was this inaccurate quarterback coming out of Louisville. Malik's this inaccurate quarterback coming out of Louisville. Malik has better rushing stats somehow than Lamar at Louisville. To me, it's like if we're going to be mediocre, we might as well be fun. And I think Malik Cunningham is by far the most fun option to watch. Hmm. Okay. All right. I, I have no I I really 
can't come push back on you because I agree. And I don't. I think if you're inaccurate and immobile, that's a big problem. At least that's if, a big problem. <laughs> that, that doesn't that's, work. That's huge. That doesn't work. If you're inaccurate that's, but can pick up that first with your legs, I think it's less of a problem. Well, if being inaccurate and and non-mobile is kind of like being a basketball player. Let me explain <laughs> one to you. That's like being short. 5'9", can jump out of the gym, but you can't shoot. Right. It's me, okay? <laughs> can't shoot, jump out the gym. Not a, not a great dribbler either. So I can play shooting guard, but I can't shoot. Man, that's tough. Picking up a lot of fouls on defense. I already know exactly <laughs> how you play. Very physical defender. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think you're going to get an easy bucket in the inside with me. All a lot right. of reach and yeah, um, a lot of hands. <laughs> this Denver Broncos game. So I got two things that I really watch. One, them boys played in nine minutes into the second quarter. They played four possessions. Coach Payton was not happy the way his team played. Offensive line was struggling. Mm-hmm. I want to know what type of offense are they going to run in here. They're going to put Russell Wilson under the move. He was under center a little bit less than he was in shotgun formation. But Russell Wilson was – he was getting hit. He was getting hit like Bryce Young. Every time he dropped back, he was getting hit. They were not – the offensive line lacked to win at the line of scrimmage. Is this – Already a depth issue from the Russ trade, giving up oh, those yeah. picks. Not, ha- I think they were 68 and 69th this year. I think they traded up uh, at one point, but those are the picks they came into the draft with. They traded a pick, obviously, for Sean Payton. Is this is it already rearing its ugly head? Because that 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 capital goes quick. I, I don't think it has anything to do with the draft. Okay, I think it has to do with the the guys that they got in free agency. I don't, I don't. I don't think they're McGlinchey, dual threats. There? I don't think their 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 offensive linemen collectively, their whole offensive their offensive line are really built to run the ball. Pass pass sets are not their forte, and you can tell. Maybe Arizona just a lot better than what we thought their offensive line, but I, I, I'm not trying to take anything away from Arizona, but I'm also saying. I expected a lot better blocking, just like we expected a lot of better blocking out of Carolina Panthers. I expect a lot of better blocking out of the Denver Broncos. Constant pressure. Has has Sean Payton accidentally become a distraction for the Denver Broncos? Nah, I, don't, I don't think he has. He's, he, he stepped on a few landmines, but that's Coach Payton. Coach Payton is always going to have the back of his players, right? I don't think he's become a distraction. I, I, I think in training camps, everything is examined. Yes. What kind of shoes is he wearing? What kind of hat is he wearing? He wears sunglasses. He's this. <laughs> he's that. He said this, and she said that, and he said that. It's so much is reported. Man, I read a report, and it, and I still can't find him. They talk about Rondé Barber. Shout out to Rondé Barber making the Hall of Fame. Uh, shout out to Joe Thomas, mm-hmm. my guy making the Hall of Fame. Hey, shout out to a man that I, I spent a little bit of time on his island. 
has great amenities. <laughs> it makes you, the amenities and the, and the spas on Rivas Island are so good. You don't even want to go out and play football. You just disappear at the spa. Just shout out to Rivas making a, the Hall of Fame, man. Congratulations. Um, big old country folk, Zach Thomas. Um, I, I played against Zach, ran away from Zach a few times. <laughs> Glad for that smart decision. Um, when you're going up against someone like Rivas, at any point in the game, do you just ever go, hey, man, knock it off. Just let me get one. Come on, knock it off. Yeah, yeah, a few times. You just go back to the sideline going, yeah, this is going to be a long day, doggy. What? I don't want to get too Calvin side. Pace. I know Calvin Pace. Remember him, number 97? Oh, yeah. Man, he used to get off, get off on the line. What is it about Revis? And I don't want to get too sidetracked, but since you brought it up, what is it about him that made him so much different than other corners? Patience. That... Okay. Patience. He never he never went for anything. Never, rarely went for anything. Interesting. This is patience. He was just like, I know where you're going. You can stop all the theatrics. <laughs> yes. But you still gotta give it to him. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just he's just looking at his watch. Like, can we can we wrap this up? Yeah. <laughs> Let me know when you finish. <laughs> That's interesting. Patience wouldn't have been what I guessed. That's interesting. Yeah, patience. Very patient. Love the dude, great dude. Not a huge fan of uh, the the. Not a huge fan of his family wearing the t-shirt that they wore, but it's it's all good, bro. I get it. I'll send it to Weaves and he can post it. Somebody, okay. uh, some folks are at the at the uh, Hall of Fame and he had some he had some numbers of players. <laughs> like, so one well, one that kind of got me. He said that uh, I had one catch for five yards. That's what that's that was what the stat had. Perspective. That's all I'm gonna say. Perspective. <laughs> I'm not gonna go down the stat line, but I one for five. Okay. <laughs> was that graphic the Revis Island graphic? The one where yeah, okay. it was. It was his. Some of his family was wearing a T-shirt, and he had one for five on there. Now, I'm not sure if that's accurate. <laughs> Because me and Revis played each other several times. I, I think what it's referencing, there was a stretch one season where he went up against okay. you, Chad, uh, Moss twice. Roddy uh, 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 White. Yeah, like he, there was one yeah. season specifically because okay. it bothers me well, too. Well, they didn't say that on the T-shirt, okay? <laughs> they didn't have that asterisk. They just had Steve Smith. And the person that sent it to me, I said, tell your family it's actually Steve Smith Sr. Right. Get it right. <laughs> if, you, if, if you're going to drag me through the mud, at least get my name right, huh? <laughs> like but Lil Wayne, here's please the say thing. the I, I get it. But when I saw it, I was just kind of like, damn, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's not true. <laughs> yeah, I was going, one for five. When did that happen? Yeah. But... In my mind, I went through some of like some other receivers I know that I watched. It was like, man, Ted Ginn, Victor Cruz, right there. There's there's a few other people. I'm like, y'all forgot those games. <laughs> Someone I, I guarantee wasn't on that shirt. Stevie what? Johnson, for whatever reason, used to have Revis swim. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> 
That's a hey, perspective, though. You, you, <laughs> hey, you recall what you need to recall at this at that moment. Yeah, I, I bet the other side of the T-shirt didn't have like the Moss one-handed touchdown. <laughs> I, gu- I guarantee it wasn't on the other side. I guarantee it. That one right there. The is, very is same. The yeah. Yeah. Oh, Reva yeah. said, ah, I think my hamstring hurts today. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> hey, but again, shout out to Revis. Hell of a football player. He deserves oh, yeah. it. Um, born in the Hall of Fame, man. He, he, heck of a football player. Loved, it, loved him. Loved the way he went about his business. It was always a challenge. Always had to uh, watch a lot of films. So uh, he deserves every accolade. And he will, you know, all these guys that talk about who they are. He was the first one, man. It was Champ, him, Dion, a lot of those guys where they were – there were very few guys that can do what these guys did, and Revis was part of that rare company. Yeah. He you was. put You put Ty Law in that group or below it? Slightly below it because Ty was – he was in a different system. His system was, uh, I'm going to take Marvin Harrison and throw him into the third row. <laughs> That's my system. And <laughs> leave Peyton going, I guess I'm not throwing it to that yeah. <laughs> One of the things, though, I, I, I did notice that I, I got I to gotta give him credit when I see it. Jerry Judy. Tim Patrick has been in my ear. About Jerry Judy, he's like, big dog, I'm telling you, it's different. Situation is different. Just wait and see. I can see it. What do I see? I can see Jerry Judy being a 1,000-yard receiver this year. And the reason why, Sean Payton is such a detailed coach, and he knows exactly offensively. He's going to say, look, Sean is – if the receiver runs around and finishes here, he's like, no, I want you here. And some people like, bro, what's the difference between here and here? And Sean Payton, no catch, catch. Mm-hmm. That detail. And why I believe Jerry Judy is going to be a 1,000-yard receiver this year, maybe 12, 1,300. Tim Patrick goes down. Cortland Sutton is a contested catch guy. He's going to be the intermediate. But with Jerry Judy's speed, that type of speed with Sean's Payton, with Sean Payton's level of detailness and his ability to create mismatches and draw up plays, doesn't matter how, doesn't matter why, with Tim Patrick being down, the next guy up is Jerry Judy. Doesn't matter. You semantics, why, how, Steve. I'm just saying, based on watching the film and this particular play, Jerry Judy goes cross middle. Russell Wilson scrambles, uh, running for his life, scanning the field, throws a pass to Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy catches the ball with his hands. He had it. But what he that led to his drop is he put he, he was already making his move. Yeah. Receivers do it. I've dropped I've dropped passes and everybody knows it and all the people are gonna come back and tell me how many passes I dropped. Great. Good job. 
I am glad you have the internet. Yay, you. Good job. Okay. Right? Hit that subscribe button, too. <laughs> you like I say, yay, you. <laughs> because there's, there's, because, man, I'll say something and people, they will go down and like, hey, blah, blah, bro, you have the internet. That's a good job. You know what you should do? You should start a podcast and see how many people watch it. That's what you should do. Okay. But I saw with Jerry Judo, Sean Payton, he says, hey, back up. We're going for it. But he doesn't go for it and go to someone else. He gave Jerry Judy an opportunity, and Arizona Cardinals ran cover zero. He gave Jerry Judy an opportunity. Hey, if he singled up, take him. Gave him a little, ah, little choice route, stuck his foot in the ground, caught it. But Jerry Judy did something, and I went back and watched it. When he stuck his foot in the ground, crossed it over, he crawled, put the put the corner in the blender, nameless, faceless opponents. We're not going to name who the corner was. Put his, But Jerry Judy did this. He caught it with his body because he already dropped it with his hands. I don't care about that. What I love is, one, Sean Payton went back to the well. He showed his young guy that I know you have done things or you did things that were down on you, that we don't expect your type of athleticism and ability to be, but we're not going to go down in the dumps. I believe in you. Catches the pass. Get, doesn't get the first down on fourth and five. Gets a touchdown. And when he caught it, he took off, and you could just see it. And, and his teammates on the sideline, good job, great job, good job. That's the detail of Sean Payton. That's why I believe Sean Payton is the right guy. If anyone can fix this offense with Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. I think he did a great job. And I can see Jerry Judy being 1,200-yard guy. How much does that coaching do for a player's confidence to be like, hey, you got to drop? Uh, I'm not going to let you wait maybe even a quarter. Maybe that's his last play of the game. Next game, have that drop on your mind. We're going right back to you. And if you drop it again, that's on you. As a as a player like Jer- Jerry Judy, his first, first pick, high expectations, didn't live up to those high expectations. New coaching staff comes in, is super-duper critical um, on these guys, on them a lot. You, one of your top receivers goes down. Now the burden and the pressure is even more on you. Bro, it does wonders. Yeah. It's it's like you it's like you're sitting on the airplane, seat thirty four B, right? And that seat is or thirty six thirty six B, and that seat is right next to the laboratory. And right before they close the gate, they say, "Bing," they call your name, and they upgrade you to first class. Bro, it lifts your spirits. You walking past everybody? Yes, yeah, not you. It's me. <laughs> it's, it does a lot, man. Does a lot. So Jerry Judy on on underdog ranked twentieth. I like that. I don't think it's too high. I don't think it's too low. Depending on the situation, looking at everything, I think that's where he needs to be. He's going to be a guy that's going to surprise some people, even myself. But I'm I'm going on record and saying it. He used I used to call him a jag, just a guy. Mm-hmm. That boy is moving up, moving on up. He moving to the east side. I'm telling you, that, 
I think it's uh, very important to, for people, your favorite, the people in the comments, you aren't stuck to one opinion. You have new no. information. You're in on Jerry Judy right now, where last season you weren't, and last season was not his best season. So I I think it is important, to, especially in our industry, there are people who get on a take and they go, I don't care how much – some guy in 2000, the year 2000, this Tom Brady guy will never make the NFL. And then after six Super Bowls being like, I don't think he's good still. Like there are people who are like that, who get so stuck on a take no amount of evidence will change them. So I think it's important to point out when someone does actually go, hey, you know what? New information has come to me. I have seen improvements. I am now in. I think that's important. And people talk about, oh, I have the same energy. I am going to have the same energy. You know why I have the same energy? Because we're doing this show every week. I don't personally like or dis... Let me rewind that. Let me rephrase that. Because I actually do. I am a judger. I judge. People judge me. It's facts. Y'all can act like you don't. I just don't have time to dilly-dally and shilly-shally around. I judge. And I judge based off, hey, this is a first-round draft pick. He can run. Run like lightning. So, yeah. Yeah. I think Sean Payton is the right guy. I don't care why. I'm just telling you, watching the film, watch. I, and I went back and saw some of his other things, and I'm going, hmm. And then I watched it, I was like, I can see. So breakout year, yes, I, I believe this will be his breakout year. It all comes together. I think it all comes together, and I believe it comes together because of with Sean Payton in this offense and the way Sean calls defense uh, offenses, the way he can manipulate his packages, I think this is a, a relationship made in heaven based on circumstances. And I can see this being a situation where he can possibly put some other guys in a position to be traded or moved on because Sean also got some of his guys that he, you know play well in New Orleans for him. I think it was uh, – uh, Callaway, some of the other guys that they got that he's like, hey, I like this. Yeah. Still, you got uh, Marvin Mims. He's 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 nursing an injury that he's coming back. You got Mar- you got Mims who can who can press you vertically as well. You put those guys in there. I think Jerry Judy becomes a wide receiver one for the Denver Broncos. So you would take him back to underdog. You would take him over Sutton for this year. Uh, yes, I yes I do. And, and the reason I'm taking him over Sutton is the speed and Sean Payton and the big thing I think about, explosive plays. Okay. Explosive plays. With his speed and the create creativity of Sean Payton, I can see just, just like he did, give him a little option route, cover zero, boom. You got a 15, 16-yard touchdown. I think you could you could do that put him in the middle of the field, and I can see him doing kind of like a DJ, a 60-yard touchdown. Mm-hmm. And that was, for me, amateur wide receiver scout. What's below amateur? Uh, that's where I am. When Judy was at Alabama, it was the footwork. So that's where fourth and five covers he got, zero. He has, he has great footwork. I just don't – I'm not all sold on all the good footwork. 
because sometimes you can, you can get too fancy. And we'll talk about sure. footwork. Remember that because we'll have to go on the Steelers camp okay. and talk about footwork and some of the things that I saw uh, with the kid. Uh, Pickens? Austin. Nope, not oh. Pickens. Um, the second-year guy who was hot. Austin. Oh, uh, buddy from Memphis? Calvin. Yeah, Calvin yes, Austin. Yes, yes, Calvin Austin. Yeah, Calvin yeah, Austin. Yeah. Interested to see how the rest of uh, – the rest of preseason rolls on, get some more data, some data on these young guys as they continue step wading into the waters of their NFL career. Right now they got their ankles in the pool. It's still a little cold. Let's After week two, they'll be about knee deep. They'll be saying, yeah, I know I should jump in, but I'm just not ready yet. We'll be back next week. Cut to it. I'm Coley Mick. I'm Steve Smith Sr. See you next time. Cut to it. Cut to it, cut to it, let's get down to it. Cut to it, cut to it, cut to it, let's get down to it.